Welcome to Parshas Hashavuah with Rabbi Gorari. This is Parshas Yisroi this week. First of all, apologies for not posting the last few weeks. We were really hectic getting the new Bina year started. Emir Tzashem, I will try to be more consistent and post um, a few Parsha thoughts every week going forward. So this week's a special Parsha, of course, Parshas Yisroi. It's the Torah, it's the Parsha where we get the Torah. So I want to share with you a couple of ideas, but first just something on the beginning of the Parsha. So the beginning of the Parsha, we know that Yisroi, Moshe Rabbeinu's father-in-law, came to the, came to the desert where the Yidden were, um, and uh, he joined, he joined Tal Yisroel. Yisroel was a convert, he, he, he was someone who was actually deeply involved with idol worship previously, but he left it all and he embraced uh, belief in Hashem and he embraced the Torah and the connection to Klal Yisrael. So at the beginning of the parasha it says, Vayishma Yisrael, Yisrael heard. And Rashi, he heard, and the Pasuk says, he heard everything that Hashem did to Moshe and the Yidin, they took them out of Mitzrayim. And yet Rashi, based on the Mechilta, says, Ma Shmua Shoma Ubo, what did he hear? What did he hear? And Rashi says, Kriyas Yamsuf Umulchemes Amalek. He heard about the splitting of the sea and the subsequent war with Amalek. And of course, all the Mepharshim asked the question, why does Rashi or the Mechilta single out those two things? First of all, the Pasuk says that he heard everything that had been done to the Jewish people. And yet, somehow he heard about the Kriyas Yamsuf and the war with Amalek. That seems something very unique. Why? Also, it's interesting. What does it mean you heard about the splitting of the sea and the war of Amalek? Shouldn't it say the splitting of the sea and the victory over Amalek? So... One of the explanations that's given in the name of a few different Hasidic Rebbes is the following. That Yisroi was an incredible person. Now, of course, what, what brought Yisroi to Yiddishkeit, even before he came to Kal Yisroel, even when he was still in Midian, was the fact that he heard everything to do with Kriyas Yamsuf. But the question is, what made him come to the Midbar? What made him come and join Moshe Rabbeinu? And the answer is, he heard something very unique. Because he was already on a very big madrege, he was a very big level, he was someone that left all of the idols of the world, he left everything behind, he sacrificed himself for Hashem, and he came to Yiddishkeit, he was on a very high level. And then he heard an incredible thing. He heard about the Kriyas Yamsuf, he heard about the splitting of the Red Sea, we know the Gemara tells us that the splitting of the Red Sea was a time that the Yidden were elevated to a very, very high madrege, a very, very high level. The Gemara says that what Shif Chalayam, what a simple maidservant saw in terms of prophecy at Kriyas Yamsuf, the greatest Navim, the greatest prophet, didn't see. And yet, he heard, he heard that right after that, Amalek attacked. Milchemes Amalek, the war with Amalek. He heard that there was this war with Amalek, and we know that the war with Amalek was not just a physical war, it was a spiritual war. And it was a spiritual war that came as a result that the Yidin became weak, they were in a place called Rafidim, as Rashi says, Rafu Yedehem Midivrei Torah. They became weak in the concept of Torah and mitzvahs. And therefore they were attacked with Amalek, which is a physical attack, but also a spiritual attack, as we know that Amalek was there to instill doubt, instill skepticism in terms of their Amunah in Hashem. He thinks to himself, a Yid can reach such a Madrega and yet fall so low just after that means that I cannot trust myself. That means I, have, I need guidance. I have to go to Moshe Rabbeinu. I have to attach myself to someone greater, to a tzaddik, to a Moshe Rabbeinu, to a Rebbe, to a mentor. 
And that's why Rashi says, What did Yisra hear? Not what did Yisra hear in terms of generally what made him come to Yiddishkeit. But what did he hear that made him come, that made him uproot from his family and join Moshe Rabbeinu? Because he knew you can't do it alone. You need the guidance, you need the inspiration, you need the holiness of Moshe Rabbeinu. Now, later on in the parasha, the bulk of the parasha, and what the parasha is so famous for, of course, is Matan Torah. And of course, the introduction to the giving of the Torah is a pasuk which tells us that in the third month, the month of Sivan, on the first day of the month, the Eden arrived at Midbar Sinai. And then the Torah says that they had traveled from Rafidim, they came to Midbar Sinai, they camped in the desert, and then it says the famous pasuk, Vayichan Shom Yisrael, the Eden camped there, but it says it in the singular, and he camped there, Neged Hahar, corresponding to the mountain, uh, at, at the foot of the mountain, opposite the mountain. Of course, Rashi tells us, Hazal tell us, that always it says Vayachanu and they camped over here. It says Vayichan, he camped because they were they were completely united. Ish Echad, Belev Echad, like one man, like one heart, which was then the reason they were able then to receive the Torah. The Kliyakar points out a few things. He says, first of all, the Torah re-emphasizes that they had come from Rafidim. Why is that? And also when they camped in one with oneness, it says they camped Neged Hahar. They were facing the mountain. Why is that such an important concept here? So he explains, of course, like this. He explains that why was unity, why was oneness so important to receive the Torah? So we know that it says about the Torah, its pathways are peaceful. The Torah was given to make peace in the world, to bring a sense of oneness. And therefore the concept of oneness is so important and the Kliyakar says something very beautiful. He says that, of course, we, we know there are different opinions in, in, in Torah and so on and so forth, but there can't be a split. It's got to come from one place. It's got to come from the same oneness and the same dedication to Torah. And he says, interestingly enough, the Yidin arrived at Har Sinai, Midbar Sinai on Rosh Chodesh Sivan. We know the constellation, the muzzle for the month of Siman, Sivan is Toimim, the twins which shows on closeness and, and, and connectedness. Also, what did they get at Matan Torah? They got two luchos. Why two luchos? Because two luchos means there's two, but yet they're part of the same luchos. They're part of the same tablets. Yeah, one is between man and God, one is between man and man, they, but it's the number two, and yet they're one. And therefore, they had to achieve this oneness in order to receive the, the Torah. But it also necessitated them, as the Pasuk emphasizes, to move away from Rafidim, to move away from the place called Rafidim and to come to Har Sinai. Why? She says the names of the place and the place affects the person. So he says they had come from Rafidim. The word Rafidim, actually, if you change down the letters, makes pirud, separation, division. They'd come from a place of division. They come from a place where they had been affected by the, the energy, I guess, of division and disunity. And they traveled away from that. They moved away from that mindset. And they came to Har Sinai. And it was specifically opposite the mountain that they camped like one person. Why? What brought it? Because what brings peace? What brings oneness? What brings oneness is humility. When they saw Har Sinai, they saw the mountain. As the Chazal tell us, the Gemara in Soita says that the mountain of Sinai was a low mountain. It was 
the lower of all the mountains. And yet this was the mountain that Hashem chose to give the Torah. In other words, Hashem values humility. And they understood the importance and the critical component of being humble, which of course, what is the natural outcome of humility? Peace. Because when we humble, we make place for others. We don't hold ourselves superior to others. And humility breeds oneness. And that's why every word over here in the Pasuk makes so much sense because they, at the Pasuk says, it was the third month they arrived in Midbar Sinai. But the Torah says the reason is because by Yisum Rafidim, they went away from Rafidim. They went away from disunity and they camped like one, Neged Ahar, facing the mountain. It was the symbol of the mountain and humility teaches that brought about that spirit of oneness. I'm just going to end off with two interesting things in connection with this parsha. First, we know when they actually got the Ten Commandments, when, they, when, the, when the day of Matan Torah happened, it says that there was the Koil HaShoifer, the voice of the Shoifer. Where did that come from? Where did that Shoifer come from? So, there's a famous tour that brings to his brother, Rabbi Yehuda, that the Shoifer was blown from the ram of Yitzchak that was brought instead of Yitzchak by the Akedah. And in fact, this is based on a medrash, a Pirkei Rabbi Eliezer, that says that the ram of Yitzchak was actually the ram that was already created in six days of creation. Right? And Pirkei an opinion that this was one of the things that were created on Bein Hashemosh's twilight on Friday afternoon. And it says that from the sinews of that ram, that, that created the harp of David HaMelech. From its skin was the belt, the girdle of Eliyahu HaNovi. The left horn, the left shofar, was blown at Matan Torah. The right shofar will, will be blown when Mashiach comes, which is what we mean in the Pasuk and Yeshayo when it says, on that day, Yitoka B'Shoifer Godel will be a very, very big, the very, very big uh, uh, shofar blowing. Now, there is an interesting halachic question on this idea. If the ram was brought instead of Yitzchak, it was brought brought as a carbon oil. Carbon oil means a a um, burnt offering in which all these parts of the animal, including the horns, are actually all burnt on the mizbech. So how could it be that they were available for for David Amelach's harp and the shofar at Matan Torah and so on and so forth? So there's different answers, but I just wanted to point that out. However, it's a very famous medrash of maybe. Hashem sort of let, that, let those parts of the animal be reburnt and then reconstructed them and so on and so forth. But it is fascinating how it all came, how, how it all took place. Finally, I just wanted to share with you a very interesting thing that the Roikeach writes that the Aseris Hadibros, the Ten Commandments, were communicated to the Eden by Hashem with a song. And that song, a nigun, was the song that the Nevi'im, the prophets, would prophesy. When they would prophesy, they would do it in the same song. And the Cheskuni, one of the Rishonim on Chumash, says that he heard in a dream the Aseris Hadibros, the Ten Commandments, being sung like a song. And that ties into a very fascinating thing. The Gemara in Megillah says that when one learns, it says if someone learns Chumash without singing or learns Mishnah without a song, it's not a good thing. And perhaps that, that goes back to this idea because the Aseris Hadibrois was given through song. And the Shulchan tells us that whenever we learn, we should consider ourselves as if 
we are standing in Har Sinai and getting the Torah. And therefore it's only right that it comes with song. And that's why if you walk into a yeshiva, you walk into a place where people are learning Chavrusa, you'll always see they're learning it with a song, or they're learning themselves learning with a song. And perhaps one could share, this goes a bit deeper, the idea is of course because when one learns Torah, to master Torah is not easy to understand Torah, but at the same time we have to develop a taste, a what they call in Yiddish a gishmak, a real enjoyment in learning Torah, and that enjoyment is expressed in the concept of song. Those are some thoughts on the Parsha. Uh, wishing everyone a good day and a very good Shabbos.